Him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. The Lord Jesus Christ said, those that go to Him, looking to be embraced in His arms by faith and trust and all humility, that it's of mercy that He's your Savior. He will embrace you in His arms and cast none out. Many will be cast out, but they go there trusting in their own righteousness, trusting in their own good works. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name done many wonderful works, and in thy name have cast out devils? And then will he profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Even religious works of the, of the high and apostolic kind are insufficient. We just come in humility and faith, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll never cast out. Open your Bibles to Psalm 33 for an abbreviated sermon so that we can give the Lord some extra praise by singing this day. I hope that Romans chapter 11, Romans 11 chapters, has lifted your heart that you want to praise the Lord. Psalm 33 and verse 3, David wrote, Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. And in chapter 47, he would say, sing with the understanding. David knew about good singing. A new song, skillfully, loud, and with the understanding. And we want to do those things. We have singing school. We can choose to sing loudly. We sing with the understanding by caring about the lyrics or the words of the song that we sing. And we like singing a new song from time to time. We may even do that here before we finish this assembly. On Wednesday night, I reminded you from Proverbs 4.23, the importance of keeping your hearts. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. In those slides that I presented to you on Wednesday night, I mentioned in passing... Very briefly, the importance of music to keep your heart. If you're to have a heart like David, you have already had presented to you from Psalm 101 the importance of managing the inputs into your life. Wicked inputs need to be cut off, even if they're people that are wicked. They need to be cut off. David wouldn't even let them serve him or work as domestics in his house. He only wanted the faithful of the land around him. And then... That was his choice about inputs. And if you're going to keep your heart with all diligence and to be like David's heart, you have got to have music in your life. God created music. And music is a way not only for you to let come into your ears, but for you to sing. And so I want to exhort you, I want to plead with you in just a few minutes that you will resurrect music in your life. It is a shame that we let it slip. I let it slip. And I I despise myself for it. I want to be like David, and I want you to be like David. But you've got to have music in your life to be like David. And it doesn't change from the Old Testament to the New Testament that you need music. It's just the kind of music that he wants in his public worship. But but we need music. God created it, and he loves it as as a form of praise to him. One important part of keeping your heart is to have godly music both in your mouth and in your ears. And David did both. And when we are performing in a New Testament church, we're doing it and we're hearing it at the same time. Speaking and teaching one another. It's a one-on-one thing that we do with each other when we sing a song. 
while we're doing it to the Lord and it's coming from a melody in our heart, we're doing it for one another. Which means that we're speaking words that we hope are lifting up someone else in the assembly and they're doing it to lift us up. And when you hear all people that on earth do dwell from a bunch of throaty believers like this morning earlier, it does lift the human soul. And it lifts the human soul with understanding the way that it is supposed to be lifted. We can quite easily, in the best case, forget about godly music and not have any. We forget. That's the best case. You don't have it in your car while you're traveling. You don't have it in your home. And so you forget about it. In the worst case, you can listen to the world's music. Well, why don't you just go live with the world and forget about Christ? That's the worst case. We don't want to do that. Consider the power of music. It does terrible things for the wicked and can powerfully move the righteous. A funeral dirge can bring tears to your eyes. A military band can make you want to march and go to war. I don't care whether it's the Zulus attacking the the British or the Dutch in South Africa. Everyone uses music. The world is obsessed with music. Just check out iTunes and the tens of thousands that they all want on their little cell phones that they carry around with them. Everyone's obsessed with music, but it's the devil aping Jehovah's religion. Jehovah created music. And like everything else, it's to be for His glory. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Can I listen to the who? To the glory of God? Never. There isn't a godly thing about them. That's from a long time ago in my past. David's public ministry began by soothing King Saul from devils by instrumental music. Do you remember when the servants of King Saul realized that God had removed the Holy Spirit from King Saul and had sent evil spirits from the Lord? They had a remedy. Instrumental music from someone skillful with a harp. And he didn't look like Yanni. David didn't quite look like Yanni. David was very different from that typical image of fine arts lovers. You know, fine arts lovers, when they're men, typically are sodomites. But when you're killing lions and bears and giants in your spare time like David, uh uh-uh. Do you know what the Bible says about David when they provided, when they made up a resume and gave it to King Saul? This man is very skillful. He's a very comely person, and he's a man of war. Amen. That's the kind of person you want playing the harp for you when it's a man. You want a man of war doing it. Otherwise, you'd be nervous. Forgive me, but that's just the way it is. And if you don't know that about fine arts, and you need to do a little bit of research to know that I'm not making anything up whatsoever. When you find somebody that's in love with playing the piano, you can just about bank on an 80% probability that he's just like Elton John. Or Liberace. Do you know what they're making... Our nation is so sick right now, they're glorifying Liberace for what he... Lord God, have mercy upon us and help us to hate the wicked and to love the righteous and to hate wickedness and to love righteousness. David was a man after God's own heart. We want to be like him. Let this simple review of David as a musician of God encourage you to put music back in your life. And I won't have to use just the Old Testament. I'll show you that the Apostle Paul quoted David and put us right beside him in how we ought to use David's psalms. God made your vocal cords, and God gave you the ability to switch from talking to melodic, resonating, or singing. God created that. Remember, 
of him and through him and to him are all things, including your ability to sing. God made it. And let's remember that as creator, father, and judge, he has every ability and authority to dictate how we use that singing ability. The devil's always tried to ape the worship of Jehovah, and he's done so with music. It plays an important part in every part of the world out there. The music that drives them to do the wicked things that they do. We want music that elevates us toward heaven. We want lyrics that in, that in, that provoke our mind to think on heavenly things. You know, when the Bible says, set your affection on things above, how are you going to get help Monday through Saturday doing that? Get some music in your life. Do some singing. Grab the Psalter. Eric's going to give us a very short demonstration of how to use the Psalter again in just a few minutes in case you've forgotten. You can roam through your house and sing any psalm you want. Pick your favorite psalm. Pick your favorite two verses from any psalm and sing it to the Lord at the top of your lungs skillfully with a loud noise, with the understanding. Sing it. It says to James chapter 5 and verse 13, If any of you is merry, let him sing psalms. How many pulpits even preach that? Do you think Joel Osteen is ever going to preach against the who? Listen, he has the who into his church. Or, or musicians like them. Oh Lord, help us and have mercy upon us. Music is powerful. It's called the language of the soul. If you're going to keep your soul and heart fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ, don't you want some language coming to it that moves your heart and your mind together about the Lord Jesus Christ? My favorite song since I was 17 years old is Ah, Dearest Jesus. I do not like it in our hymnal. I do not like Ah, Holy Jesus. I learned it as Ah, Dearest Jesus. He is holy, but He's dear. He's dear. And I love that song because it's just personal between him and me. Ah, dearest Jesus, how hast thou offended? It isn't anyone else and it's not about the Lord Jesus Christ in the third person. It's in the second person. It's from me to him. Who's betrayed you, Lord Jesus? It is I, Lord Jesus, that betrayed thee. Do you have a song like that? Do you have a song that... I know that we just sang Jesus, Lover of My Soul because several of you told me on Wednesday night that that is a precious song to you. I sent it to the church. And told you that. And that's why we just sang it. It's powerful. And we want to use that power to keep our hearts fixed on the Lord. David was the man after God's own heart. He was God's musician by numerous abilities that God gave him. He invented the musical instruments used in the Old Testament. He wrote the poetry for the words. And he organized the choirs and the players to perform it. Now that is a musician. He did it all. And they followed David for hundreds and hundreds of years. When you find Hezekiah having his massive Passover that the Bible said had hardly any comparable Passover, do you know what it says when you go read it? Using the instruments that David had invented and using the organization for the players and the singers that David had invented. 340 years later, King Hezekiah. 440 years later, a greater Passover by Josiah. Do you know what it says? David's instruments, David's way, with David's words. He was God's musician. We've got 150 of them. I want 10,000 on my sin phone. How about 150 in your Bible? Singing praise to the glory of God. David knew how to praise God. Oh, he knew all kinds of psalms. You can, you can have your favorite in just about any topic. Look at 1 Chronicles 23.5. Did you read that last evening? 
Or was it First Chronicles 15? Or was it First Chronicles 29? Or was it Second Chronicles 5? I can't remember. All these chapters of Chronicles talk about David being God's musician. First Chronicles 23.5. Let's just see what it says. There's so many verses. We're only going to read a few. First Chronicles 23 and verse 5. Moreover, 4,000 were porters, and 4,000 praised the Lord with the instruments which I made, said David, to praise therewith. 4,000. That's a decent orchestra that David had with his instruments. And he organized them. He wanted music going up to God day and night. He had Levites that were dedicated to singing and playing day and night in courses. They had no other duties, and the Bible says that. They were not to be bothered with anything else so that they could go in. There wasn't even a temple yet. It was just David's tent that he pitched for the Lord. The Lord wouldn't let him build a temple. He paid for the temple, and he pitched a tent, a better tent than Moses had. And he pitched it in Jerusalem, and he made sure that there was music going up day and night. He's God's musician. Are you like that? LetGodBeTrue.com Toolbar at the top. Music. Acapella hymns. Click. Then there's a play all button that some crazy programmer put there for us. And I mean crazy in a good way. Click. And it'll just play through all our MP3 songs that are on the website. Wonderful background music. If it doesn't distract you to where you start running through the house singing along with it. Thank you, brother. Brother Stephen mentioned a couple of passages this morning about David singing. Did you hear him? He used chapter 7. He used chapter 9. It was a hard thing what Stephen did, and I know how hard it was because I'm looking at a massive list right now of all the references by David to singing in the Psalms. And how do you pick just two? How do you pick just 20? David David talked about singing. The point I'm trying to make to you, Wednesday night, this morning in prayer, by Stephen, We want to be like David. We want to be like Isaiah. We want to be like Paul. And part of that is singing. And we want to be like the son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, who sang in him. It was prophesied of him in Psalm 22 that he would sing praise in the church of God. And Jesus sang praise. It's Matthew 26. It's Mark 13. And it's it's quoted and proven in in Hebrews chapter 2 that Jesus Christ sang in the church of God. We want to be like David and we want to be like his son. Look at Psalm 47. Psalm 47. And answer the Lord right now and answer yourself. Oh my soul, I have forgotten music and the important role that it could have in helping me keep my heart. If that's true, we can cure it right now, can't we? I'm going to go home and I'm going to have some music. I'm going to sing before I go to bed tonight. At some point between 2 p.m. this afternoon and 10 p.m. tonight when I go to bed, sometime in those eight hours... I'm going to give the Lord a psalm or a song or a hymn from my voice. Is that moving to the right on the scale of from worst to best, Christian? Is that giving the Lord a onesie? Then tomorrow night, give him a twosie and do it twice. Eight hours, should be able to squeeze it in. Drive it around that truck. Adam, let it rip. Let's sing to him. It helps the heart. We want our hearts to be walking with the Lord. Psalm 47, look at how David writes. Sing praises, verse 6, I'm sorry. Chapter 47, verse 6. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. 
Sing praises. Is he redundant? Should we take the red pen like teachers did to us when we were writing papers and write redundant there? No. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Verse 7, there's a reason why it's there four times. For God is the King of all the earth. It should be said four times. Sing ye praises with understanding. Did David think about music the same way Paul did? That when you do it, it should be done with the understanding? It's not for four-part harmony. The melody comes from your heart. It's for the lyrics. It's for the praise to God. That has to be kept the emphasis. Look at chapter 92. Psalm 92, let's just look at a few statements that David the musician made. 92 and verse 1, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. It is a good thing. If the Bible says it's a good thing, should you have it in your life? If God said it's a good thing, it'll help keep you with the Lord. Do you think country western is going to keep you close to the Lord? It's going to keep you on the bottle and thinking about divorcing your wife. They've never come up with another theme yet. All they can, all they can write songs about is being a drunk and leaving your wife and standing by your man, though he's a drunken, worthless bum. Unbelievable. Can't you elevate your thoughts a little higher? How about won't get fooled again by the who? I don't want to pick on anybody here without picking on me. Won't get fooled again? Oh, they're all going to get fooled when they meet the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory, in the great day of judgment. Psalm 92 and verse 1 is a good thing to give praise. Look at 104 and verse 33. Psalm 104. In verse 33, I will sing unto the Lord. How long? As long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. This is David. As long as I have breath, I want to sing. He sometimes appealed to the Lord to keep him alive because he said, if I die early, you're not going to get any singing out of me in the grave. That's just a good logical argument in the Bible about why God should give you life extension. If you are in danger of your health, of, of being cut off early. How are you going to reason with the Lord? You're going to give Him something for that extra time. Why should He just give you extra time to watch television? I'll sing praise while I have any being to the Lord. Look at 146. Psalm, Psalm 146. Oh Lord, we want to love you. We want to please you. We can see that David the musician who did please you had music as an important part of his life. Psalm 146 and verse 2, While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. With any ability and strength at all, I'm going to praise the Lord. Verse 1 of the next psalm, 147.1, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. Praising God by singing is a beautiful thing. It's a pleasant thing to do. We forget about it. We get so busy. I can get so busy reading and answering and recording and and doing outlines, I forget music myself. And I'm confessing it to you. And I'm confessing it to the Lord, which I've already done. But he got an earful yesterday, and he got an earful Friday, and he got an earful till midnight on Wednesday night. Because I want to be like David, and I want you to be like David. And all of this is to share together from God's Word for us to be like David. I don't want us to be an average church. I don't want you to be an average Christian. I want you to be a B2. The men know what I'm referring to. I want you to be the best. And part of it 
is the fruit of the the uh, the fruit of our lips, giving praise continually and thanks to Him. And one of the ways to do it is through singing. Now, many more verses could be mentioned from the Psalms. I just wanted to give you those. He, David loved new songs. We started out with that verse. He loved new songs. He loved skillful singing. He wanted it loud, and he wanted it done with the understanding. Look at First Chronicles chapter six. He wanted constant singing in the house of God, as I mentioned to you earlier. Let's go to First Chronicles chapter six and verse thirty-one. And these are they whom David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord. After that, the ark had rest. This is not him bringing the ark back into Jerusalem. This is after it was set there in the temp in the tent. The tabernacle that he pitched for it. I'm going to read it again, verse 31. These are they whom David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord after that the ark had rest. And they ministered before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of the congregation with singing until Solomon had built the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. And then they waited on their office according to their order in Solomon's temple. And now watch, keep watch. And these are they that waited with their children. Of the sons of the Kohathites, Heman, a singer, the son of Joel, the son of Shemuel, oh, maybe, the son of Elkanah, aha, do you think we have the right man? The son of Jehoram, the son of Eliel, the son of Toa, the son of Zuf, the son of Elkanah, the son of Mahath, the son of Amasai, the son of Elkanah, the son of Joel, the son of Azariah, the son of Zephaniah, the son of Tehath, the son of Asher, the son of Ebiasaph, the son of Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, the son of Israel. That's the other name for Jacob. Samuel's traced all the way back to Jacob. Samuel had a son named Joel, and Joel had a son named Heman, and he was one of David's chief singers. So Samuel got involved. Interesting, isn't it? They love music. That boy was prepared to worship God from the age of five on. Look at chapter 9 of 1 Chronicles. For those of you that when you get to Chronicles, if you get to Chronicles in your reading program, most people like Samuel and Kings better than Chronicles because Samuel and Kings don't have the genealogies that Chronicles has. But I want to tell you, Chronicles has more details of some good stuff than Samuel and Kings have. And one of them is the music of David. Chapter 9, hardly any of this is in the Kings and Samuel. First Chronicles chapter 9 and verse 33. And these are the singers, chief of the fathers of the Levites, who remaining in the chambers were free. They had nothing else to do except sing. For they were employed in that work day and night. What a job! You say, oh, my throat would get sore. Oh, now with a little practice, you'd be able to go a whole lot longer than you think. This is, this is the Word of God. So many more passages could be read to you about that. The intensity and the number of instruments they used, the size of the choir. When Solomon dedicated that temple, and there were a hundred and, there were all these instruments that David had invented, but over here there's 120 trumpeteers. Can you imagine a hundred and trumpet, 120 trumpeteers in a stone building, Charlie? I think it just might echo. You know, and it filled the house with glory. God came down when that noise was made and filled the house with glory so that the Levites couldn't go in and offer the sacrifices. God was so excited, the temple filled with the glory of God, the priests couldn't even go in there because this noise that was going up to heaven, praising God with the Psalms of David. 
You don't have to wonder where the best lyrics are. The best lyrics are right in your Bible. Right. Pick, pick the common meter tune that you want to go with it. That's why you have those little black books that have inside a list of common meter tunes. Every one of us are going to have different common meter tunes. You, you, you find out what kind of a mood I'm in, I'm going to tell you a different favorite common meter tune. You know, there's, there's contemplative tunes and there's joyful tunes. There's militaristic tunes and there's sad tunes. And you can sing any psalm in the Bible in that, from that Psalter. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 5. This is the dedication of the temple. Second Chronicles chapter 5. This sermon's a reminder to you. How do you stay close to the Lord? Part of its music. We have more witty inventions than David could ever have imagined. Right. You can listen to Is there a volume problem with our witty inventions? Can you listen to it as loud as you want? If you really like Worthy as the Lamb, can you really crank it up? Can it shake the house? When they hit that organ chord, what does it do to your spleen when you have it loud enough? Oh, it's wonderful because Worthy is the Lamb. Can you have a variety? Can you play it day and night? Do they ever get tired? Does the electricity ever run out? Does the witty invention ever quit? We have all the witty inventions to have more music than anyone ever had in the history of the world. More skillfully done, more loudly done, with the understanding, with lyrics on a YouTube, a YouTube screen. I get to hear it and look at the lyrics. See, I'm simple. I don't like to have to work when I'm listening to music. Like the Messiah, I want those words right in front of me so that I don't have to work trying to figure out what they're saying with all the vibrato and all the variations and the repetitions that they go through. I want it right in front of me. Can we do that easily? It's on the website, the lyrics and the music. Crank it up. It's done skillfully. It's done loud. It's with the understanding because you've got the lyrics. And you can do new songs that you've never heard before and have someone skillfully do them so that they sound good. Sometimes when we do a new song, it doesn't meet the other criteria of getting to heaven. But the Lord knows our hearts. I hope you know how I meant that. Second Chronicles chapter 5. Oh Lord. Also the Levites. Verse 12 of Second Chronicles 5. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them, of Asaph, of Heman, of Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen. This is Solomon's dedication of the temple, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them 120 priests, sounding with trumpets. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one. They were coordinated together to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Amen. What did they sing? For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. What did we sing when we ended our first assembly this morning? I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With His mouth will I make known His faithfulness to all generations. A simple little set of lyrics, but it's about the mercy of God. It's about His faithfulness. And it pleases God. Look at Romans 15.9. I want to get off this pulpit. Romans 15.9, because I want to hear you sing, and I want to sing with you, and I want to give it to the Lord. I want to give Him a sacrifice of praise. 
oh, I did the same number of hours that I would put into any sermon about this one, and I'm sorry, but the, the outline's already on the Internet. You can go home and make sure your pastor was working this past week. Romans 15.9, but I want us to give him something. In Romans 15.8 through verse 12, the Apostle Paul quotes many quotations of the Old Testament about us Gentiles being part of the church. Now there's, there's a, a quotation in verse 9. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. That's a quotation out of the book of Psalms by Paul in the New Testament about you and me, us Gentiles. Do you know what psalm it comes out of? Oh, get ready, you militaristic men. Get ready, you men of war. It comes out of Psalm 18. Psalm 18, the 50 verses. That psalm is in the Bible twice because God loves that psalm and David loved that psalm. And it's about David blessing the Most High God for defeating all of his enemies in battle. And it's in that psalm that David made a prophecy that Paul quotes right here in Romans 15 and verse 9 about us Gentiles singing praise to God. And they're being praised by a Jew. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul singing along with a bunch of Gentiles in a Gentile church at Ephesus or at Corinth? Can you imagine the Apostle Paul knowing the fulfillment of this better than I can express to you in words? When he hears a bunch of throaty Gentiles around him, when he's the Apostle to the Gentiles and they're all singing David's psalms, when should you sing? What does James 5.13 say? James 5.13 When you're merry. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Well, what do you do when you're afflicted? (laughs) Same thing. How do we know? Acts 16.25 Paul and Silas have been beaten, stripped naked, are in the innermost prison, handcuffed in fetters of iron, and they're praying to God, and they are praising and singing in the prison, and the prisoners heard them. Now that's about as bad as it can get. When was the last time you were in prison, stripped naked, beaten, and in fetters of iron? That's when it's bad you sing, and when it's good you sing. I think that covers it. And when we're in church, we're supposed to sing. You know, I've actually heard the words out of a preacher's mouth that singing is a necessary evil. As part of a church service? Oh, no, it isn't. It's part of our worship. We just don't have a praise band Do you know these churches downtown, do you know that they have professional organists and professional choir members and professional choir leaders? Their ads are in the paper. You don't have to belong to their church. You don't have to believe what they believe. They're professionals making some fake noise. It's not even supposed to be instruments, and they're hired guns doing it. Do you know what the Lord wants to hear from us? One another. We we each sing to each other. It's a one another duty. May the Lord bless There are so many other things that could be said. If you want to keep your heart close to the Lord, you need some godly music in your life. That's really the bottom line. If you want to be like David, then act like David. If I want to be like David, I better act like David. We not only want music for our ears, don't just play it. Get involved in it. How in the world can you say depressed and worried if you've got a song that you like and you know it's giving praise to God and and you amp yourself up in the Holy Spirit by the word of God and prayer, Lord, bless me right now. I want to give you some praise that's worthy of your name. And you cut loose. 